Woi woi, woi woi, woi woi. Then it then go on the radio again. Yo, if you wanna smoke free weed, go board yourself. You need to go plant a seed. Go board yourself, make your knowledge increase. Go board yourself, go board yourself. Hey, all right. Welcome to episode number 54 of Grow Bud Yourself. We've got a great show for you guys today. Uh, Mike and I are going to play a game of Puff or Pass uh, on Cannabis News. Uh, we got an excellent interview with JJNYC from Top Dog Seeds, a uh, cultivation segment featuring drip emitter hydroponic systems and grow questions answered by me. So stick around. For episode number 54, brought to you by Excelsior Extracts, Sweet Leaf Nutrients, and Rocket Seeds. Hey, you guys, I really want to thank our sponsors from Excelsior Extracts. These are great friends of the show, uh, great friends of mine for many years, incredible growers, incredible people. And they have made some incredible products as well, including their THC-infused pain rub. And you know it works because you're talking about people who are real, true cannabis medical patients that are making this. Just want to shout out Outcast and, and uh, TOH. Check them out on Instagram at Excelsior Extracts. That's E-X-C-E-L-S-I-O-R. E-X-T-R-A-C-T-S, Excelsior Extracts. DM them if you're interested in trying out that pain relief rub. Tell them Grow Bud Yourself sent you. And uh, yeah, man, thank you to uh, T and O from Excelsior for sponsoring the show and being just such great friends and supporters. All right, we are back, and it is number 54. Uh, thank you to DJ Jacques and Win Shang. The, the tune, as always, Grow Bud Yourself, you guys. We love it. Thank you to you guys. So, uh, yeah, 54. Mike, we got anything for that? I guess Car 54, where are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, I think that's uh, maybe a little older than some of our listeners, but, uh, right. and, and so would Studio 54 be, I imagine. Yeah. Well, you had your heyday at Studio yeah, 54, right. right? Yes, I was. I was a, a mainstay over at Studio 54. A little, little before my time, I guess. But. Yeah, me too. I remember the limelight, the tunnel, the building, the Roxy, Negril, Latin Quarter. I went was, to one of those time. once. Like I think it was tunnel. It was like the worst experience of my life. I hated it. Wow, so bad. Interesting. Nah, it's not my scene. Yeah, I mean, I guess that makes sense, too. <laughs> so here we are, episode 54. Um, things are good, man. I mean, uh, New York is interesting, too. It's like, you know, like this whole cannabis thing has really uh, changed the town in some ways. Like I smell, I, I mean, you know, you smelled weed walking around before anyway, but now people are just not even hiding it. It's just right there out in the open. You got these Pretty cafes good. now where... You know, private clubs and soon it'll just be like wide open yeah yeah cops smoking joints walking down the street <laughs> yeah new amsterdam all right well there is a, yeah there's a lot going on there's a lot going on in this show we got a great interview we have an excellent cultivation segment as always but uh what we thought we'd do we haven't done this in a while is uh play a little game 
And uh, we're actually going to do the game up front here in the intro, not in the cultivation segment. So we're going to do a little puff or pass, but it's going to be um, sort of about cultural events related to cannabis. So what do you think, Dan? You want to do a little puff or pass? Let's do it. Okay, the rules of the game are pretty simple. Uh, I'm going to give a statement to Danko, and he is either going to puff or pass, which is our version of true or false, basically, and then he's going to let us know why he is puffing or passing. So let's get started. The first statement is, 28 grams is an adequate possession limit for state legalization laws. Yeah, I'm going to pass on that. I just, I, I don't even understand these limits at all. It, why have a limit? I don't get it. Like, why is an ounce okay, but a pound is not? I mean, where do people think ounces come from? <laughs> They're just born as ounces? I mean, they start as pounds. They start as kilos. They start as, you know, packs and, and all of that. So it does seem ridiculous that they have these limits placed on how much you can have. I mean, what's the difference? And the plant limits are the same. It's like, you can only grow six plants. You know, all these things... I mean, I guess, you know what it is, uh, bottom line, is it makes these laws more palatable to the average Joe, so that he's thinking, okay, well, there's limits, <laughs> you know what I mean? But ultimately, if cannabis is legal, and 28 grams is legal, but 29 grams is illegal, I mean, who supports the police harassing someone holding those 29 grams, or growing seven plants instead of six plants? Like, who's okay with that? The same person who voted for that law, and now they're going to say, well, you knew the limits. You knew you weren't supposed to grow seven. You were only allowed to grow six. I mean, it just all sounds so ridiculous. Like, we're grown folks. We, If we want to grow seven plants, we're going to grow seven plants. If we want to grow six, we grow six. But, you know, again, we'll find a way around your stupid law anyway. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's just so exasperating. But ultimately... I pass on that. I think there's, it's ridiculous to, you know, legalize something and then say, but you can only have this much, you know? So beer is legal, but you can only have a six pack. You can't have a 12 pack. You can't have a case. You know, we reserve that just for the stores that sell it to you. Uh, it just, I don't know. It seems it, it, it's sort of the same issue where they uh, they legalize possession, but then they say that cultivation and sales are illegal. So where the hell are you supposed to get it? Like, is it right? Like, like when you go to Amsterdam and it's like, well, we we'll, you can buy it in the coffee shop. Okay, great. How does it get to the coffee shop? <laughs> well, that's a, <laughs> you can only buy five grams. Okay, but how does it get to in the coffee shop? Can only have five hundred grams. So all day long. They've created the system where, like, some guy on a, you know, scooter is just going from a safe house to the coffee shop to the safe house to the coffee shop, you know. And then now you got cops walking around with scales. <laughs> that just seems so stupid. The whole, pretty silly. The whole thing is silly. I mean, just legalize it and fucking treat it like a vegetable or, you know, anything else and be done with it. All right. So you're passing on that first one. Yes. Let's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's Long move story on. short. The next statement is, uh, the U.S. will legalize federally in 2021. Puff or pass? Well, I'm puffing on this one because I think we have that opportunity right now. Uh, there's, you know, the 50-50 split in the Senate and there's uh, majority Democrats in the House and a Democratic president. So that's the closest we, we can be at the moment uh, and the closest we've been in a long time. And the important thing, again, is that we go with... Uh, you know, the Cory Booker, Schumer, AOC style of legalization and not the 
uh, Biden, <laughs> you know, uh, basically like the descheduling or uh, rescheduling, I should say, from schedule one to two or three is is a bad move. And, and I really, truly hope that that's not what they're planning, because ultimately all we really need is descheduling so take it off the schedule legalize it entirely expunge all the criminal records release all the prisoners uh allow for home grow allow for consumption lounges and social equity and that's it give game over and uh beyond that the banking issue too so and that's the safe act that's already you know working its way through uh hopefully that passes that's important the banking thing and then uh and then just legalize it you know and let the farmers markets sell it let anybody who wants to grow it grow it if they want to sell it sure let them pay a tax on the sale and that sort of thing but if they people want to grow for their own personal use that's their own personal business and so yeah i'm puffing on that all right legalize it don't criticize it danko says let's move on to the next statement which is we will continue to see state ballot initiatives for legalization after south dakota's repeal of its 2020 voter approved adult use initiative we will continue to see yeah we will we'll continue to see states put up ballot initiatives for voters to vote on pot after south dakota repealed its voter initiative for pot yeah i mean i'm puffing on that i would hope that uh we can continue to do that. Unfortunately, you know, for us here in New York, we, we never had that opportunity. Some states have uh, voter referendums. Some states, like New York, uh, everything has to come up through the legislature, uh, which is what we have. Luckily, we did get a decent lock to coming through um, because the planets aligned for that. But uh, ultimately, we didn't, we didn't get the opportunity to vote on it. And I think it is important. And now you have, uh, you know, uh, Republican legislatures trying to limit uh, that and stop voter referendums. I mean, ultimately, they're basically gambling on less people voting on everything, uh, presidents, local politics and referendums, uh, which is sad and unfortunate because, uh, you know, the more people that vote, the better government will be. And that's democracy. That's what that's the system that we have uh, changing that system turns us into a whole different type of country so uh yeah i'm i'm hopeful that uh more states will continue to legalize because that just puts more and more pressure on the feds to do so and if that's you know and for every state that goes you're thinking you know think about the patients in that state think about people who you know some people can travel they can move from you know mississippi to colorado to treat themselves or their children or their grandparents or whatever and some people can't and they're stuck in those places so every time uh, a state changes that's life saving and changing for the constituents of that state and so uh, hopefully less people will stand in the way of that more people will support that more states will continue to pass i mean some states have passed that you'd never believe and here we are so uh, yeah, let's keep puffing on that. So you essentially, you, you don't think that what's happening in South Dakota is going to have a broader effect on initiatives at the state level? I think uh, if, you know, obviously they were successful in shutting down something that the people voted for. And that's ridiculous and preposterous and cannot continue. Um, so I'm hoping that people will not allow that to happen and not let... Uh, these legislations, legislators that want to stifle the vote of the people. I mean, this is what 
people voted for and then they came in and, and, and repealed it. And that's literally the opposite of what we want our government to do. And so, uh, I, you know, I think they're going to try. Obviously, you know, it's been working. It worked there. And if they've they got a plan now and if they yeah, now they have a, a blueprint uh, that they can work from. But uh, it's up to us to stop that. And so uh, hopefully we will. If you want to keep people from voting on things that they want, like legalization, then you are not for democracy. You are not, you know, you're, you're standing for something else. And right. let's not get into what that is. But uh, it's <laughs> you're <not>. an asshole. <laughs> yes, you're an asshole. Bottom line. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on. We got two more here to go. So, okay. Puff or pass. The conviction of ex-mayor Yasiel Correa will lead to a change in Massachusetts pot law, which gives too much power to local officials over cannabis businesses. Yeah, I mean, I will puff on that, too. I think, uh, you know, it's a very telling example of uh, how these regulations and licensing issues uh, can cause problems. So this guy, young mayor, very young, I think youngest mayor, one of the youngest of all time, I would Elected imagine. at 23, youngest of uh, Fall River, anyhow. Right. Yeah. And Fall River's got bigger fish to fry and bigger problems than whether they have, uh, you know, medical marijuana or, or rec marijuana stores. In fact, uh, the more rec marijuana and medical shops in Fall River, the better. 100%. <laughs> and that goes for a lot of other parts of, of Massachusetts as well. Um, when you see these parts of the of the state that have a lot of these uh, dispensaries, you can see that it, it extends to the other businesses around them. I mean, I've been to Haverhill, I've been to uh, Western Mass, and and the, you know the Berkshires, and you can see the benefits. I mean, uh, people come there from all around to buy cannabis, but they also want to stop at a cafe, they want to visit a museum, they want to walk through the park and and spend some money on uh, other uh, ancillary type of things. So, uh, basically, you know, the less standing in the way of that, the better. And the more that the barrier to entry is lowered, the less, you know, you're going to have the temptations for these mayors and these public officials to take these bribes, uh, from companies that want to leg up in the industry, so to speak. So, yeah, I mean, we don't need more corruption. <laughs> you know, I mean, like we got plenty of that. Uh, what we need is a level playing field for people who've been adversely affected by this, uh, which of which there are plenty in Fall River and all around Massachusetts. So, um, yeah, I'm just I'm hoping that uh, we find a way to allow the smaller companies com to compete with the, the bigger companies. And if they have a great product, they should be able to thrive. And that's the bottom line. Uh, you know, if we're coming up out of the underground, we need to shake off any kind of, uh, you know, criminality of, of any kind like that, that's on the outskirts of our industry. So I'll puff on that. I hope, uh, you know, I hope things change. And that's not a plea for more regulations and more licensing it's actually uh the opposite i think uh the lower uh the cost of entry the less we're going to see this type of uh activity yeah and not to go off on too much of a uh, rant here but uh, essentially in Mass massachusetts establishes something called host community agreements and it forces cannabis businesses that just want to apply for a license from the state to sign these agreements with local governments and basically, it allows the local governments to charge these companies an impact fee, which basically 
offsets what they consider the costs that a cannabis business will force on the town, you know, as far as traffic and policing, etc. And that could be as much as 3% of the gross sales from that company for the year that they have to hand over to the city. Well, that's, that's outrageous. The, the crowds that you're talking about, the, the issues that you're talking about, traffic, parking, that means more people are coming to that town and spending money in that town. So right. in, inevitably, like that is drawing, that's, they're already making the town more money and now the town is gonna collect money directly from them due to the impact that they have that somehow negative on the town. Yeah. Well, as the law stands right now, they can, they can collect these fees without having to prove that the cannabis company would actually cause those fees and they don't have to uh, show how they're going to spend the money they're taking. Uh, a law firm did a study and found that four out of five of these host community agreements are actually illegal. And a more recent study found that the state government collected $2.5 million above the legal limit from pot businesses applying for licenses. So um, hopefully this uh, conviction of the, the ex-mayor will change some of the Massachusetts laws that that really um, lend themselves to corruption. Yes, indeed. Okay, so enough of that. Enough of that rant. Let's do one more here of these puff or passes, and uh, I think this will be an easy one for you. But puff or pass, New York should follow the Amsterdam model of public consumption. So basically, should we see coffee shops in New Amsterdam? <laughs> yes, I will puff all over that uh, over and over and over because that's exactly what I want to see. I'd love uh, to see, you know... And, and, and that's changed. I mean, obviously, Amsterdam's cracked down. You know, when we first started going over to Amsterdam and it was the, the era of the Gilder, uh, you know, pre-9-11, uh, where you could just travel pretty freely. And and, uh, and uh, the, the Gilder was less than the dollar. You know, it was like a 50 cents or 58 cents or so to the dollar. So you could buy a gram of cannabis for f five or six Gilders, which was like two or three dollars. Uh, and, you know, it, it just, you could sit in the coffee shop, roll yourself a spliff, watch people ride by on bicycles and, you know, uh, gaze out at this beautiful city and the canals and go and visit a, a museum. And it just really enhanced the experience and, and lends itself. To, and, and just walking down the street, there's coffee shops everywhere. You know, you, you, every, every block or two, uh, you see a store that... Uh, you know, you could go and you could sit and have, uh, you know, a biscuit, a coffee, uh, maybe a little toasty, smoke a joint, smoke some hash, and then uh, keep it moving. And I would so love to see New York be that. I mean, we were New Amsterdam uh, before we were New York and the British came and, and, and <laughs> changed us to New York, but we were New Amsterdam. We are the town to do it. Uh, we are New Amsterdam. They are old Amsterdam. <laughs> and I think... Uh, you know, in my vision of the future, yeah, certainly there is coffee shops all over the city, uh, consumption lounges. I, I, I envision myself as a, a Jake LaMotta type, you know, just going from, from table to table telling old war stories and, and uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> back in my day, you know, entertaining people. How you doing over here? Good? Yeah, you got enough uh, rolling papers and everything? Yeah, you good? <laughs> that kind of thing, you know. Glad-handing. <laughs> yeah, glad-handing. <laughs> <laughs> that that's a perfect gig for me just you know hanging around smoking other people's weed uh <laughs> telling them whether i like it or not and uh and reliving old uh <laughs> old times reliving the glory days people come indeed. to pay tribute to the danko indeed indeed yeah. 
How do I avoid this place where you're doing this? <laughs> anyway, that was Puffer Pass. Um, Danko's joint. We hope, yeah, Danko's joint. We hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, but we have a lot more coming up in this show, including a really excellent interview. Yes, indeed. JJ uh, NYC from Top Dog Seeds, uh, an old friend and an amazing breeder and a great person as well. Uh, so yeah, we uh, we have pontificated enough in the intro section here. Why don't we uh, get to our interview? So uh, stick around. We'll be right back uh, with JJ NYC from Top Dog Seeds after these messages. Hey, you guys, I want to tell you guys about a sponsor of ours, Rocket Seeds. Uh, check them out at rocketseeds.com. They have a ton, I mean, over 500 different varieties of cannabis strains available. Uh, high quality seeds, great genetics. Uh, they ship worldwide, which is very important. Uh, reliable support. And they also ship for a variety of different seed banks. They've got feminized seeds, autoflowering seeds, regular seeds. Uh, CBD seeds. A lot of people are looking for that. So check them out at rocketseeds.com or on Instagram, rocket underscore seeds. They are awesome and we are really happy to have them on as a sponsor. So check them out, blast off, and get your seeds from rocketseeds.com. All right, we are back, and we have a very special guest for you guys today. It is a cultivator and a breeder who I've known for, for many years and uh, is responsible for some amazing genetics. So welcome to the show, JJ NYC from Top Dog Seeds. Welcome, JJ. Thanks for having me, Danny. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks for being on the show. Uh, why don't we go back to the past, as we always do uh, with our guests to basically get an idea of, of, of how you got involved with cannabis uh, early on and, and, and what those early experiences were like for you. Well, I guess if you want to start from the very beginning, the first time I got high was about at the age of 13. That was really my first experience in with cannabis. I was probably in seventh grade and you know, I had dabbled a little bit, you know, after that, but not too much, you know, until I really got into high school and when I was a freshman. And that was pretty much when I became uh, a regular user during that time. It was during my high school years. Nice. Now, were you a part of the whole like Central Park scene that went down uh, back in the day? It was like you know, people at the hatch shell or the sheep meadow or wherever they might be? I did get into that scene, but it was a little bit later. So it really wasn't part of my uh, high school years as per se. You know, I, you know, I was already um, into my 20s at, at that point. You know, I had a, um, a connection in, in Midtown Manhattan uh, in Times Square area. And so, um, you know, I used to, you know, hustle weed back and forth to Jersey. And then uh, I started hanging out and becoming more friendly with, the, uh, with my dealer. And, you know, some other kids from my town went up to Central Park and they 
started hustling up there, you know, and, and this, you know, once I heard about that, I went up there and, you know, decided to check out the scene and, and see what it was about. And, you know, when I got up there, I think that, and that was in the summer of 91. I, I you know, I vividly remember that because I had gone on a trip to California that summer, saw the Grateful Dead. Uh, you know, I drove co- cross country to California and then back. So by the time I got back to New York, I think it was in late August that I had, you know, heard about Sheep Meadow. I went up there. And, uh, smoked a joint, just hung out and, you know, absorbed the scene. It was just, you know, an amazing scene of people just hanging out, uh, circles of um, people playing instrument, drums. Uh, it was just, a, um, you know, something that I've never, you know, had experience coming from New Jersey before. So, you know, when I saw that and it was just, you know, people walking around openly selling uh, weed, mushrooms, acid, hash, um, beer, uh, <laughs> the, you know, so you could just sit there and just flag people down and they would come over to you and sell whatever they want, you know, whatever they were selling. So, you know, uh, you know, I decided, well, you know, this looks like a really cool scene, something that I could get, really get into. So, you know, I really tried to gear, gear my, um, things up for the next year and so you know um when i went out there you know i I had prepared i had bought a few pounds of some really good high grade maxi that i thought you know that i would be able to sell pretty easily and it was kind of like the pretendica if you remember (laughs) the pretendicas back in the day you know it was really green it had red hairs and it was lightly seeded and it had a really good, fresh, piney smell to it. So, you know, some people, if you weren't experienced, uh, you know, experienced smoker, you could almost pass it off as, you know, uh, indigo. So we used to call it, you know, pretendica. So, um, you know, so I went out there with some of that. And, you know, um, I, I, I remember, you know, I geared up. I had made all these baggies up. I was going to sell my first day in. I walk in through the corner of the park, and there's a guy sitting there uh, playing guitar and listening to the Grateful Dead. And so I was like, wow, this is, a, you know, this guy's got to be cool. You know what I mean? So I went over there and I, you know, I gave him my hustle. And he looks at me and he says, oh, he goes, are you interested in any kind, bud? He goes, you know, and, and, you know, and then he showed me, you know, the kind bud that he was selling and, and he was actually one of the, you know, one of the main kind bud players. Uh, his name was Ben out there at the time. And so I, he was the very first person I befriended out there and he kind of showed me the ropes and stuff. So, you know, I hung around, I was hanging out around with him and, uh, one day uh, a guy comes up and he was a grower and um he you know he he came in looking for ben i was sitting with him he comes up he opens his bag up and he's like yeah i got like you know a few ounces of this bud that i grew he's like are you interested in buying it and i was like yeah sure you know and uh 
you know, I bought a couple ounces and then, you know, a week or two later, I was in the park and who do I see walking across the park was, was the guy, you know, was the grower. So, I, you know, I called him over and he's like, hey, where's Ben? I'm looking for Ben. I'm like, he's not here today. I was like, why? You have something good today? He's like, yeah, you know, and so, you know, that day I, you know, I bought everything he had and and that guy was, you know, Mike Klopp, the weasel, the guy that, you know, had, you know, brought the chem dog and the super skunk down to uh, New York City from uh, Massachusetts, you know, when, back then it was, you know, finding a guy that grew was just like a dream come true because you know you know guys you know had um you know there were small growers around and everything so it was very hard to find these people so when i you know actually connected with him and um you know i told him listen i'll i'll take everything you have all the time you know so i you know i tried to monopolize that whole thing and you know we we eventually moved that out of the park and down to to wetlands so we used to meet down at wetlands on the tuesday nights when they had the 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 grateful grateful dead night and you know we wound up um meeting aj down there and a whole other you know cast of characters that you know became you know involved in the mainstream uh new york city weed weed scene yeah good old wetlands <laughs> sweat glands that's what we call yeah, it too. <laughs> yeah. um so now how did you make at some point you decided to start growing you made the transition from hustling uh you know selling to actually producing and growing your own uh how, when and how did you make that uh shift well you know uh so you know i met these guys in the early 90s you know so you know during that time you know i was just hu a hustler and you know i had my ups and downs uh with brushes of the law you know was on probation at numerous times and you know, so I, I could never really, you know, get it together to where, you know, I always knew I wanted to try to do something. And these guys were like, hey, listen, if you ever want to set something up, we'll help you out, blah, blah, blah. So, um, you know, eventually I got myself together. And um, my very first try, I had rented an apartment up in Washington Heights. and. Mike gave me a bunch of clones and I set up a, you know, a couple uh, four by four hydro tables and I you know, started growing. And then uh, there was an issue. There was a big issue with the power. Somehow I was drawing too much power and I burnt out the, the fuse box. So I was like, well, what am I going to do? So, you know, you know, I was, at the time, you know, I was still hustling and, you know, I was talking to these guys and um, their family owned some buildings. And I had told them, you know, my dilemma and they were like, oh, well, it just so happens to a, a, a friend of ours has a grow and, you know, it's and, it, and it's all fucked up. 
you know, they were two brothers, they were fighting back and forth. And so, you know, I already had these clones that were rooted, you know, were, they were small, small plants. So um, they were like, well, well, why don't you bring them down to here? You know, and I, you know, offered to, you know, help them out and try to get them on track. So, you know, we, I just, you know, we started and just did a basic, you know, um, start to grow finish where, you know, you veg out for a certain amount, you know, like a month or so, and then you heart and then you flower and harvest in two months, you know, and, and we did everything at once. And we, I was able to, you know, help them get, you know, some of their money back. But eventually we had an electrical problem in that building and um, the fire department wound up coming and luckily the, the, the grow um, the, the grow room wasn't discovered, but there was a, uh, a fire in, in the hallway due to some shabby um, electrical wiring. So uh, once that happened, you know, that project ended and, um, you know, I didn't have a grow or anything anymore. So, you know, my friends were a lot of my friends were up in Hunter at that time. So, you know, I decided, you know, I'll start looking up in that area in Greene County to, uh, you know, to rent a house. And I was able to find a rental up in uh, West Kill, New York, which is on the backside of uh, Hunter Mountain. And um, the guy was really looking to sell the house. But, you know, I, um, I got him to got him to rent it to me with with uh, option to buy. So I was like, listen, you know, I really want to buy this house. I want to, you know, you know, check it out, live up here for a year or so. And, uh, and so I made a deal with him, you know, part, part of the rental money, if I decided to buy the house would go towards the purchase of it. So I was able to, you know, convince him, uh, I was able to, uh, you know, get two rounds out of there. And with that money, I took it and I bought the house and then I continued I continued uh, growing, but really when I, when I went to get that rental, um, you know, the guys up there took me under their wing, you know, with their experience. So, you know, when they set my room up, you know, I hit the ground running with like, you know, 10 years experience with their, all their, you know, trials and errors and, and failures so that, that's why I was able to, you know, bang out two rounds real quick, make some money and then and, and flip that over. And, and then once I did that, you know, um, you know, I set the grow back up and then, you know, that's when I, you know, decided to, you know, do a little breeding. And, and really the, one of the reasons behind that was, you know, cause I was always tussling and, you know, dealing with these guys that had these rooms and, you know, they'd come up with a certain something, uh, a Northern lights or a Kush. And, you know, as a, as a retailer, you know, what, what sells, what's hot, what's not. So, you know, these things would pop up and people would go crazy and I'd be like, Oh, what happened to that Northern lights? What happened to that Kush? 
oh, we lost it because of this, because of that. It didn't yield enough or whatever the reason was, you know. So there was like a lot of things that I remember, like hash plants and stuff that was, you know, just as good as a chem, if not better. You know, some some would argue and, you know, these, you know, these strains uh, were just lost. And so as a retailer, I was just like, oh, man, bombed. You know, we lost these things. So when I started to grow, I was like, you know, these clone only strains are very delicate. You know, it's like, you know, we they can be lost in a heartbeat. So I was like, you know, the best thing to do is just try to make, you know, you know, some kind of copy, some kind, you know, make a you know some seeds with it you know and at the time we had chem dog and super skunk and sour diesel all these elite clones but we had no males you know so it was you know like how do you do that how do you get you know so you know i was just like you know i sent someone over to amsterdam you know we bought a bunch of stuff from sensi seeds because at the time they were the best you know in the, in the mid 90s you know, some of the stuff that was coming out of the Sensi's was just, you know, it was the best. So, you know, we got the Afghan and the Hindu Kush and some skunks and NL5 Haze. And, you know, and so when I wanted to make the mail, I was like, you know, well, what's the best strain that we have? What's the strongest strain that we have? And it was, you know, the Chem D. So, you know, I picked that as, you know, the female. And then I was like, well, you know, if I'm going to use this as, you know, going to be my, I'm going to make my own male, then I'm going to have to, um, you know, get something uh, that's similar to that. So, you know, I picked the Afghan one. And so uh, that I thought was a good fit because it you know, had a thick stem and you know it, it you know it was a single stalk kind of a flower and um it was a good fit for the chem d so you know i, I crossed that and, and then back crossed it two times and figured well this is going to be my donor mail that i'm going to cross into you know the chem four the, the the sour diesel and all these other elite strains Right, and that's how uh, Star Dog, uh, Guava, White Dog, Trey Dog; those were all born from from those crosses. Yes, from that initial, from that uh, that uh, first one, and you know, really, like you know, the, you know, the guys at High Times had a lot to do, you know, with the Guava, which you know, you guys brought into the made it one of the office strains next to the Strawberry Cough. And so, you know, uh, you know, I made these seeds, but it was like, you know, it was people like you that what you guys did with them, you know what I mean? And what other people did with them, you know, some of the uh, seeds got into Kyle Cushman's hand. He went out and and with the star dog and, and I think it was the 2011 medical cup in San Francisco and won, I think, second place. You know, and so it was what, you know, a lot of people did with the strains that I created, you know, it was really never my intention to really become some kind of a, you know, seed guy or whatever. But, you know, my initial 
intentions were was to make preservation library and then obviously you know i had extra seeds so i kind of spread them around the community i was able to sell them on you know ig mag and then get you know seed credit for them and uh that was really how i really first started selling seeds it was you know because i was really too sketched out to give those people my banking information, which they wanted to, you know, do bank transfers from uh, England to the U.S. And you know, you're, you're talking back in, you know, uh, the mid 2000s or so when you know things were still very sketchy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now we talked about your chem crosses, which are you know one of the main things that. Uh, Top Dog is known for, obviously, and you changed the names uh, also uh, to D-A-W-G to differentiate, um, you know, from the chem or the original chem D in 91 and all of that. But let's talk a little bit about hazes, because you also have bred a number of amazing hazes, including the Nigerian haze, which I particularly love. Um, But let's talk a little bit about, because that's also in kind of a New York uh, City tradition as well, the PIF, the you know, the church and whatever, the Pude, right? The uptown Dominican haze that we all uh, smoked throughout like the 90s and 2000s. But you were able to do some breeding projects. Uh, tell me a little bit about your haze, your breeding with haze. Yeah, well, you know, I was lucky enough to get the Nigerian silk um, cutting. And, you know, that was, you know, came from, I believe, up in New Paul's area. Uh, there were a bunch of skydivers. I think a girl was involved. Uh, it was just an old school crew that this, you know, uh, cutting came from originally. So I don't really know much of the background behind it, but you know, uh, I just knew what it was amazing. And um, so when I got my hands on it, you know, I was just like, well, I got to, you know, do something with this. So you know, I had the NL5 haze, which uh, you know came from Sensi, and so I decided to use that as, um, you know, the male. And then I back crossed it. And, you know, I just found that amazing uh, Nigerian haze pheno, which everyone knows and loves today. Yeah, I mean, it was just another case of, um, you know, strain takes a life of its own. And it's like when something that's that's good it's like people recognize it and they do something with it and and then again it's like you know it's what other people did with it and so uh you know so you know i took that and i crossed that into uh i took a male of that back cross and cross that into some mango haze and made the mango nigerian I also crossed that male into a um, Malawi gold um, female and made the African haze. And that's also a really popular one today up in Maine, African haze number 11. It was um, hunted by Bronson Farms. Uh, He blew it up and then you know just another you know it's what other people do with the strange and i could tell you how great and how good they are but until you do it yourself 
and you know and then it blows up for you and so you know your success is a reflection on me as a you know as the seed seller or breeder you know so when you buy a pack of my seeds and it, and it makes you blow up you know it's, it's a reflection on me and there's nothing more satisfying than having people come up to you to your booth and being like hey listen i really want to let you know you know your seeds you know help change my life you know i've had people come up to me and say you know your guava saved my life i had psd i was thinking about committing suicide um you know uh, the stories just go on and on you know people i bought a pack of your seeds you know i was down and out it helped me get my kid through school you know and so when you're you know when when people come up to you and and tell you that you actually had an actual effect on their life because they bought a pack of your seeds and they blew it up in their neighborhood and you know what you know you know there's just so many different stories i mean it's just something that you know something that you know is just not expected and it really you know uh it almost brings a tear to my eye at times yeah absolutely absolutely um now you've been doing some uh consulting too some genetic uh consulting tell me a little bit about uh what you've been doing there yeah well right now we're down at verde natural um, with my buddy Chuck, uh, he's an, uh, he was an, uh, responsible for the lemon skunk. So he, he's the lemon skunk family. Uh, he's the one that brought that cut to Amsterdam and got it into the hands of greenhouse and uh, DNA. Uh, so, you know, he has, you know, um, a dispensary and he's part of the grow. So, uh, you know, you know, these guys, and they have uh, Dab Logic, which, you know, these guys do the um, all organic, uh, solventless, you know, rosin. And so they have the first uh, solventless uh, rosin pen that's viable. And uh, it's won multiple awards here in, uh, in Denver. So, you know, they were looking to step up their genetics game, you know, so, you know, they wanted to get, you know, a bunch of new genetics in there and, you know, for hash, you know, making purposes and also for, for flour. So, you know, we, you know, I gave them a list and we went over it and, you know, we decided on, you know, some, some crosses and they really wanted to do some big seat, uh, big, um seed pheno hunts so you know they bought you know uh like a thousand seeds you know of, of multiple strains so you know we're doing like two we just uh harvested we did like 200 black piffs we did about 200 uh 2018 sour 2018s uh we did some uh, chem dog New York NYC uh, Chem 2018s. Um, we did some sour uh, sour diesel back cross threes, and we also did Star Cookie and a few. You know, so we did wow. a big pheno hunt, and they and we also did some stuff from Todd McCormick, uh, Mister Nice. Jaime Chiba, 
And there, there are also a few other uh, less known breeders, you know, so they, they're just into like popping seeds and just trying to find the best, you know, hash making uh, plants available. Nice. Nice. That sounds amazing. Well, uh, thank you for being on the show. Why don't you let people know how they can find out more information about uh, Top Dog Seeds and what you're up to? Um, I guess just websites, uh, Instagram and such. Yeah, um, I'm pretty much just on Instagram as Top Dog Seeds and Top Dog Genetics. I'm also on Facebook as JJ Edwards. Uh, you could also go to verdenatural.com and see what we're doing there. We're going to be having our first flower drop sometime in June. Um, so that's going to be exciting. Uh, Dab Logic also. Uh, check them out. They're in uh, Boulder and, and also in Denver. So uh, we're going to be having flour and also going to be having concentrates soon. So stay tuned. Right on. Well, that sounds great. Uh, you know, we change the laws here in New York, so we're hoping for, for a uh, return at some point. Uh, you know. Yes, yes. That's in the, on the horizon. We're going to be having Top Dog NYC, hopefully. So, you know, Perfect. we're just going to try to figure out what the licensing uh, scheme is going to be. And, you know, we're going to be in it in there one way or another. So uh, you can count on that. Excellent. Right on. Well, thank you. And on that note, uh, I want to say thanks to JJNYC, Top Dog Seeds. That's D-A-W-G. You guys um, check them out. And uh, we will be back after these messages with more Grow Bud Yourself. Hey guys, I want to tell you about Sweet Leaf Plant Nutrients. They have an incredible line of organic fertilizers, uh, brand new legacy line as well, which is organic and some synthetics. A lot of really incredible tools for the modern gardener. So check them out at sweetleaf.com, S-U-I-T-E-L-E-A-F. Uh, the code Danko15 gets you 15% off of everything that you can get at Sweetleaf, which also includes uh, complete indoor hydroponic grow tent kits, uh, a bunch of different apparel and merch, and their signature line of amazing nutrients. If you join our Patreon, uh, you can get even more codes for 20 or even 25% off of Sweetleaf newts and other products. I want to thank them for being a sponsor, and as always, tell them that Grow Bud Yourself sent you. All right, welcome back, and uh, thank you to JJ for the interview. That was amazing. Uh, very interesting stuff. Yeah, man, very good stuff. And uh, we are in the cultivation segment now, which is very exciting. And uh, we'd like to start this section out with a little grow tip. Each week, Dan likes to discuss a topic of cultivation that will help you become a better grower. So what do you want to talk about this week? Yes. So this week, I want to talk about uh, a particular type of hydroponic system uh, called a drip emitter system, uh, also abbreviated as DES. Uh, it's a growing method. Um, basically, quite simple. I mean... 
the basic scenario is you have a reservoir and you have your plants in a tray in their medium and you have uh, tubing that goes from the reservoir to the plants and uh, drips nutrient solution uh, right there onto the plants. But it's a bit more complicated than that. So um, basically, uh, you know, like all almost all hydroponic systems, you need a reservoir, uh, which is basically just a big tub of, of nutrient solution. So you start with water, plain water, uh, you add your newts. So during the vegetative stage, you add your vegging newts. During the flowering stage, you add your blooming or flowering newts. Uh, then you mix that all up. You check the pH. You make sure that the temperature is correct. So within that uh, reservoir, you also have, um, you know, either a heater or a chiller to control the temperature of the water, depending on uh, if it's too, you know, if it's warm or cold. Uh, you have a air air pump. So there's an uh, air pump outside of it, but an air stone um, with a, a tube that comes from the air pump that oxygenates that water within the tub just to keep it, you know, moving and to keep oxygen flowing in there and everything. Um, that's also very important. And then you also have your water pump uh, inside there that pumps that nutrient solution on a timer through the tubing into your into your individual plants. So basically, um, to use this type of system, drip emitters, you need enough tubing to reach all of your plants um, from that pump that's sitting in your reservoir. Um, you need a manifold at some point that you know spreads it to the different uh, tubings, and then uh, basically, uh, drip systems are very versatile. You can customize them to fit uh, almost any space or any number of plants, really. Um, you have to cut the tubing into the lengths that you need. And then there's an emitter that you secure to the end of the tube, uh, that is the drip emitter in the name, uh, drip emitter system. Um, you also don't want to do it drop by drop all day long, uh, that some people do that, uh, but it's better to have the emitter on a timer. So, um, once you've cut the tubing into the lengths and you have it, um, firmly press your emitter into the top of your growing medium. Uh, sometimes it helps to have two, but we'll talk about that uh, in a second. Um, you want to attach the reservoir end of the tubing to your underwater pump, and you want to set a timer to drip when needed. So this is different at different times uh, during the plant's life, but typically it's you know it averages around. 10 minutes of dripping for every two to three hours during the daytime cycle when the lights are on. Um, you're going to increase that as the plants get bigger. You're going to decrease that uh, when they're younger plants. Um, so, uh, you know, based on the plant's sizes and nutritional needs, uh, you can either decrease or increase those feeding times. Uh, but you certainly never want your medium to dry out completely with a drip emitter system. And you don't want it to be entirely soaked all the time either. So that's important to remember. Um, the other thing about drip emitter systems that's very important to remember uh, is that the drippers and the tubes tend to clog over time, uh, especially if you're trying to do uh, organic nutrients because uh, they tend to clog more than the chemically derived newts that really dissolve uh, much easier within that nutrient solution. So uh, also, there's issues, you know, with thickening of that solution as uh, water, uh, you know, dissipates into the air and then and the solution gets thicker. 
basically that can also tend to clog uh, the emitters and any kind of algae that you might have growing if the emitters are clear i highly recommend using uh, opaque you know dark colored uh, tubes uh, rather than clear tubing because of that issue when light meets uh, water it creates algae and the, that can also clog um, those drippers as well um, so you want to make sure that nutrient solution keeps flowing to your plants if you get a, a drip emitter that stops dripping your plant will die because it dries out very quickly so um, adding redundancy which we, I mentioned a little bit earlier is very important so if you can have several emitters per plant um, that can ensure that the roots stay wet and if one of those emitters or even two potentially uh, clog you can avoid disaster uh, and then you know fix the problem by unclogging the tube but you should always be checking your emitters uh, and make sure that the the, the dripper the drip is flowing <laughs> so to speak uh, and so that basically is how drip emitter systems work uh, plants grow very quickly uh, when the drip emitter system is dialed in, you can use them with rock wool, you can use them with cocoa, uh, perlite, or even just simple uh, puffed clay grow rocks, expanded clay. So uh, that is the drip emitter system. And uh, if you're interested in hydro and that particular style, that's uh, what you need to know. All right, sounds good. Drip emitter system, very good stuff. All right, so that was the grow tip, and now it is time to take some questions from our listeners. And uh, if you have a question that you would like answered on the show, get in touch with us. You could email us. That is info at growbudyourself.com. Uh, let's uh, let's get started here. Let's do it. Good questions this week. All right, uh, first one is from Chuck B, who writes, "How can you tell the difference between nutrient deficiency and nutrient lockout?" All right, that's a great question, actually, because they, it's very hard to, uh, uh, on the surface to tell the difference uh, because uh, both deficiency and lockout present themselves in the same manner. Uh, so what looks like a deficiency, which is actually lockout, uh, actually can look exactly the same. So uh, at surface area looking, uh, it's very difficult to tell the difference. But... Uh, luckily, we have a way to tell because lockout happens uh, when pH fluctuates out of the proper zone, which, you know, depending is basically just under neutral. So neutral is seven. Uh, pH is between, you know, zero and 14 or one and 14, so to speak. Uh, so seven is right there in the middle. Um, plants in soil like it uh, about 6.2 to 6.8 or so uh, plants in hydro 5.5 to 6.2 or so uh, that's where they're going to pull up the most nutrients and you will have almost no chance of lockout now if it gets up above that or below that that's where lockout occurs the newts are in your medium but they are not able to be pulled up by the roots because of that fluctuation in acidity or alkalinity so uh, the way to tell the difference is to check your pH. Uh, that could be the pH of your growing medium. That could be the pH of the nutrient solution that you add to your medium. Or uh, even better, check the flow, the water that flows out of your medium uh, and check the pH of that because that'll give you a, a really good idea of what uh, what's happening at root level. And if you do have uh, high fluctuations one way or the other, 
that's going to be the cause of what looks like a deficiency, but is actually lockout. Now, if it is, if your pH is in the proper balances, then you should be looking at a deficiency. And so even though what looks the same uh, when you look at your plants uh, is actually very different based on what's happening to the roots, uh, whether the newts are there and not able to be pulled up or whether they're just not there at all. And all that depends on the uh, pH. So uh, if the pH is out of whack, you probably have a lockout. If the pH is uh, within the proper parameters, you probably have a deficiency if you're showing those type of signs like yellowing leaves, uh, you know, burning uh, leaves, things like that. So uh, there you have it. That's how to tell the difference between uh, deficiency and lockout. All right. Let's uh, let's move on to Dazzle from the UK, who writes, uh, Hi, guys. Cheers for the podcast. As a first-time grower, it's been invaluable. I've grown 40 do dos autos from seed in a 6x5 room with four 1,200-watt LED lights and Remo newts. My temps and humidity were optimal throughout. However, my yield seems to suck. I ended up with just 26 ounces. I'm not sure what went wrong. Could it be the seeds? Every plant looked different, from short and fat to long and wispy ones. I'm going to use cuttings next, and I don't want to make the same mistake, so uh, do I have too many plants, too many lights? What do you think, Dan? Yeah, so Dazzle, that's a good question. Um, I think your problem might be the genetics, because it sounds like everything else is pretty well dialed in. You said it's a 6x5 room, uh, you've got four 1200-watt uh, LEDs, Remo Newts, shout out to Remo, a uh, previous guest a couple episodes back. Uh, temps and humidity were optimal throughout. So, you know, based on that, uh, your yield seems to come down to uh, genetics. You said 40 dosido autos. Um, autos, you know, are not huge yielders for the most part either in most cases because they have such a, a short uh, vegging time. Um, so you don't want to expect too much from those, but they should behave very similarly. And what it sounds like is you had a lot of variation here, fat, uh, fat, short plants, long, wispy ones. So to me, it seems like a genetic issue. So if you, if you're going to use cuttings on the next round, I think you'll see a distinct difference. I would say veg those cuttings out at least give them at least three weeks, maybe a month. If you want to go longer, feel free. But if you're going to do 40 in a six by five room, I wouldn't go any longer than a month with the uh, <laughs> with the veg, but you will get a bigger yield uh, with a longer veg time and uh, using uh, better genetics if those cuttings are good genetics, which it's hard to, hard to know. But uh, yeah, without really knowing where you got these uh, seeds from, uh, it it is hard to say. But I do think that uh, your issue begins with genetics, uh, unless there's something I'm not hearing from your question. So. Uh, thanks for the question, and hopefully your next round will uh, will be a more fruitful one. Indeed, yeah. Dazzle also has a, a PS. Uh, he likes it when we do um, the English chat. He likes us talking uh, in English slang, so uh, he's in the UK. So he gives us some suggestions. He says we could use mate, geezer, fella, and bruv. Never heard bruv. Is that like short for brother? Like yeah. we say bro, right. the English say bruv. Right. Right, they say, say bruv. Hello, Hello bruv. Gavna. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> he 
Can I, it's weird, man. I've noticed this, that every English person, uh, or at least actor, seems capable of doing a entirely flawless American accent, where you would never know that they were not American. And yet, most Americans can't really do a passable English accent, so I find that interesting. Yeah. No, you are right. Uh, that's true. Because even the guy, uh, the, I think his name is Lakeith Stanfield. He's he's from uh, from the UK, uh, and he played uh, he played in the in the uh, Black Panther movie. There, he played uh, uh, Fred Hampton, and he was incredible. And uh, only after seeing the movie did I realize or find out, I guess, when he was accepting his Oscar or his Golden Globe or something. I was like, "Oh my God, this guy is like from from like an estate in uh, in London." Which you know, yeah. we we say we think of estate here in the U.S. and we think it's like this beautiful, amazing mansion. Uh, but they're actually like their version of the projects, and uh, and yeah, he's got like the full on like Cockney accent in real life, and then here he is flawlessly playing like a you know American uh, black activist. So. That's pretty amazing. You're right. They they pull that off uh, quite often. And, and there's and a lot of Americans there's a lot of uh, geezers over here doing these movies. So right. you know, I was telling my mate the other Lux. day that this fella is actually uh, he's English. He's an English geezer, bruv. So right. Well, the lasses right? are good at it too. You know the uh, well, <laughs> the birds. The birds. <laughs> All right, all right. I um, I, I, before we end before up we getting ourselves somebody. in international trouble here, uh, yeah. Thank you, well, we Devil. love you guys. Yeah. Keep up the great work. Uh, I don't know if we soccer. have a lot of listeners in the UK or just a lot of we people do. that write us from the UK, but it, we seem to get a lot of interaction. So that's awesome. Well, you know, there's a lot of uh, cannabis, a lot of interest in cannabis, for sure, in the UK. And uh, and, and the laws are, are, are they, they have are, are still very archaic you know they're hmm. although with seeds it's not which is strange because a lot of there's a lot of seed companies in the uk but yet the laws for consumption and cultivation and everything else are very strict but i digress <laughs> no we digressed a little bit but thank you dazzle interesting question hope that helps you out thank you for the slang tips let's move on uh, to our friend gunja gonzalez who writes dear danny and mike uh, to your fateful, dedicated uh, fan, Gunja, once again, to the one and only growing podcast. Uh, today, I have two questions. Now, some people claim that curing can be done with dried buds packed with Bovita packs after harvest for three weeks. By doing this, my buds keep the hay smell, although they smell right uh, when I grind them. So, does using these packs make any sense at all? Maybe after the buds are done with their daily burping, etc.? Also... What is your stance on fabric pots? In my experience, the roots are happier because they have no root-bound issues and get more oxygen, but these pots are a mess to clean and it's hard to water them. So, does the added hassle make sense? So what would you say to Gunja? Yeah, uh, both very good questions. So um, with question one, talking about the Bovita packs, for me, uh, Bovita packs are like something like a like you know break glass in case of emergency your buds are too dry uh and you need to fix that by moist moistening them in some type of way now in the old days uh which i do not recommend people would uh you know would add like a piece of fruit you know like an a, a chunk of apple or an orange peel or something to a bag uh and just kind of let it ferment inside there uh, to re-moisten their buds. And that is such a bad idea because 
um, there's, you know, there's a composting process going on. There's rotting going on. There's uh, mold. There's, you know, all kinds of issues happening when you do that sort of thing. So that I do not recommend. But with the Bovita pack, uh, which people should know are like a remoistening agent that basically, you know, is at a specific moisture level and maintains it. So I think it's around, I don't know, 62% or something like that. I don't know. Uh, but the point being, uh, actually curing your plants, uh, with Bovita packs, I don't recommend. I think, you know, the natural way is going to be the best way, the slow way, uh, to remove that hay smell. So even though they smell good when you grind them, they should be smelling good even before you grind them. You should your buds should not smell like hay. Um, so, you know, what I would do is what I always recommend, which is dry the branches, uh, until, you know, so for, you know, I would say about seven days is the average, uh, until the, the branches actually snap instead of bending, uh, and the buds do feel dry on the outside, like popcorn, uh, but there's a lot of moisture within them, then cut those buds off, put them into jars and they will kind of re-moisten in the jar. They will re-moisten because the moisture from the middle will work its way out. And that's that slow sweating process. And that's what you talked about as far as burping the jars um, daily. Uh, and then you'll get to a point where you're at the perfect moisture consistency, which is uh, 25% of what the wet weight was originally. So if you had a pound wet, you're going to have a quarter pound dry approximately. Um, and once it's there, you just keep it sealed in that jar, uh, and you should have that optimum, uh, level of moisture where the buds break up in perfectly without being powder and also without being super moist and uh, wet when you try to break them up. So, um, the Bovita packs for me are if the buds too dry, it's been sitting around too long, it's aired out, then you add a Bovita pack to your jar and it'll re-moisten it. But again, it's like, uh, last resort basically as far as i'm concerned now as far as fabric pots go um they're great uh they really allow a lot of oxygen to reach um the root area of your plants which is amazing and like you said they are a bit of a mess uh because of their aeration because they have you know their cloth and they let water uh out through the sides through the bottom uh and so when you water the water pours out the sides and it pours out the bottom and it makes a muddy mess. Um, so I would say if you're going to use them, uh, they're great. They let a lot of oxygen reach the root area. So that's a good thing. They let the, um, medium dry out faster, which means you can do those wet dry cycles quicker. Um, the plant will respond almost like a hydro plant growing much quicker in that case. Um, but you, there is that added hassle of dealing with them. The best thing to do is put them in a tray, Um, so that when you do water them and there's excess, uh, water leaking out or whatever, it's not like on a floor or or anything like that. It's in a tray where you can, uh, easily, uh, move the plants and clean the tray and, and, and dump the water, whatever you need to do. Um, the other thing is, uh, with cloth or fabric, uh, pots is that when you move the plants, you're shocking the roots and you're doing some damage there, uh, just by, the sheer fact that the fabric is moving around uh, and it's, it's, it's shocking those roots. So take care and be careful and don't, uh, don't jostle the plants around. Don't move them. Uh, and if you are going to move them, uh, be very gentle when you do so, so as not to disturb the root ball. All right. 
Makes sense. Good stuff. So, uh, thank you to our friend Gunja Gonzalez. Thanks to everybody who wrote in. Uh, if you have a question that you would like answered on this show, get in touch with us. Uh, reach out. You could email us. That's info at growbudyourself.com. We're also on all the socials, on YouTube, on Patreon. So do that. Um, we're going to take a little break, then come back and wrap this up. Let's do it. All right, here we are, and it's time to wrap up the show. I want to say thank you to DJ Jacques and Winstrong. Uh, thank you to Mike G, the uh, the brains behind the operation. <laughs> I'm the brawn. Uh, thanks to you guys. So screwed. Uh, <laughs> thanks to you guys, uh, the Patreon supporters in particular. Uh, you guys put your money where your mouth is, uh, and uh, we love you guys for that. So. Uh, please, even if it's just $4.20 a month, uh, we really appreciate it. You get uh, extra added bonus uh, content as well, which we will continue to add to. Thank our advertisers, of course, as always. Uh, Excelsior Extracts. Um, shout out to Elaine and Tommy, and especially Elaine, um, who is going through some stuff. But uh, uh, we love you. Um, shout out to Rocket Seeds, uh, an amazing selection of seeds on their website, and uh, tell them that uh, Grow Bud Yourself sent you. They'd be very happy to hear that. Uh, shout out to JJNYC from Top Dog Seeds. Thank you for joining us for the interview. Uh, Sweet Leaf Nutrients, you guys are awesome. Remember the code uh, Danko15 gets you 15% off, not just Sweet Leaf Nutrients, but also Grow Tents and all kinds of cool stuff. We have a setup, a site called Danny's Grow Tents, where you can buy the tents. Uh, directly from me as well. So check out dannysgrowtents.com to buy a tent if you're in the market for that. Um, Shout-outs to uh, vapor.com. Our affiliate uh, link there is GBY, Grow Bud Yourself Initials, for 15% off everything, all different kinds of vaporizers, all the fancy new gadgets from stores in Bickle, Volcanoes, and... um, you know the the mighty and the all the amazing uh handheld uh vapes the puffco peak and all, all of it you can you can get 15 percent off all that stuff with that code gby at vapor.com uh and i've noticed that people have been buying stuff there so that's awesome uh all your vapor accessories rolling papers uh you know glass they have a, a wide selection of amazing glass art as well uh so check out vapor.com uh, and you know, as always, thank you to you guys for listening, man. We, uh, we couldn't do it without you and, uh, 54 episodes in, we are just so psyched to keep doing this and hopefully improve the quality and the quantity of all the cannabis that, uh, people are producing. So I think that's it. I'm almost out of breath. <laughs> How you right, doing, we're going to do some, we're going to do some giveaways soon too. That's so right. Stick around for that. Indeed, we have a ton of stuff to give away. I've got an amazing, uh, fancy, uh, raw, uh, raw papers, uh, rolling tray that's got all kinds of different compartments and things. It's, it's the fancy one. Uh, I've got an auto, uh, that's the cone joint roller from, uh, Banana Brothers. I got one of those to give away. We've got a bunch of stuff. So, um, please stay with us, stick around, join our Patreon, um, subscribe on YouTube. That helps too. Um, and, uh, yeah, man. Grow bud yourself, you guys. Uh, you're worried about corporate cannabis. You're worried about, you know, Marlboro, Monsanto, and all these these companies taking over our industry. Don't worry about it, man. Grow your own. Dry it. Cure it. 
roll it, smoke it. And we'll be back next week with episode number 55. So without further ado, put it in the books.